You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., episode number 677. There's three ways to get leads in wholesaling real estate or three ways to source these deals. One is that you market for them. You spend money to have people call you. All right, this is going direct to seller. Two, you wait for referrals from your network, from your sphere of influence, from people that know you. Or three, you go out, you be proactive, and you earn it by either door knocking or picking up the phone and calling. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. Welcome to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast, America's number one podcast for new real estate investors, where we know that finding discounted property is the most proven path to financial freedom. I am your host, Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, Mr. Talk to People, and I am telling you this with 100% conviction. If I can do this business, then so can you. So let's get started. This is going to be an incredible podcast conversation here between myself and an incredible wholesaler out of Shelly, Idaho. Now, listen to this, everybody. This is really interesting. He went from a janitor to a master mechanic to an attorney to a real estate investor. All of that we're going to learn about and then that whole evolution into getting into this beautiful business of real estate investing. But not only that, he closed an, an incredible transaction, made a great amount on this deal that we're going to break down at the back end of this podcast. But this podcast is all about holding your ground against cash buyers. All right. That is the moral of the story. I want to sprinkle that in at the beginning of this podcast so that you're looking for the nuggets that you're going to get from, from this incredible guy. It is my pleasure to introduce John Osai to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Say hello to everybody, John. Hello. So you are in Shelly, Idaho, which is a suburb now, which is like an offshoot of an offshoot. I mean, you are out there, right? Yep. In Shelly, Idaho, just outside of Idaho Falls, Idaho. Absolutely. Incredible. And is that the market that you focus on, John? I kind of focus on the markets that are just around me. There's a Shelly, Blackfoot. They're, They're pretty small towns all around, you know, and mostly in Idaho Falls, Idaho. And I wanted to bring that up. The reason I asked you that, John, is because it's really interesting. One of the biggest questions that I get time and time again is, should I start in my own market? Should I go virtual if I'm in these smaller markets? This is going to give people a great look at the potential of working in your own backyard and finding really good opportunities in your backyard. Now, obviously, at some point, John, as you're growing and as you're doing this, some expansion is probably necessary as you're starting to go through these lists and have really good conversations with all of the distressed property owners in your area. But just to give an idea to everybody, how big, what's the population of your kind of service market, your area? So uh, we're in Bonneville County, and the last time I uh, took a look at the population of Bonneville County was 140,000. 140,000. Fantastic. Yeah, I love it. Perfect. That is perfect. Yeah. Okay, good. So tell me about you, John. Tell me how you you were a janitor yep. turned master mechanic 
turned attorney turned real estate investor. Like, walk me through this. How does this happen? My dad came from the islands and uh, came out here to Idaho and met my mom. But he was trying to figure out a way how to uh, how to get my his family out from the islands, from the Tongan Islands. And so he moved to San Francisco to work for the airport, and he became a custodian out there. And uh, he owned a, a custodial business, and that's who I work for, and uh, doing yard work and custodial work. And then uh, he convinced me to go to college. And so I came out here to Rexburg, Idaho, and uh, went to college there and got my automotive degree. And then went to Weber State in Utah to get my advanced automotive degree, and then went to work for Ford Motor Company. Yeah, then became a field service engineer for Ford and uh, became an arbitrator eventually for them. And uh, then the attorneys there convinced me to go back to law school. So I went to law school and graduated from Brigham Young University and their law school. And then, then I came out to Idaho and nobody would hire me. So I opened up my own practice and decided that I was going to make uh, practice for 10 years. And, and uh, that's what I committed to do. And then uh, during that time, I got into some investments with some uh, people that I knew and they all fell apart. They threw all the real estate that was failing in, in 2009. They threw it all on me and I was stuck with all the debt and everything. Oh. And crawl, crawl my way out of it and just kept plugging away. Kept, you know, late at night, one o'clock in the morning, fixing pipes, fixing everything. You know, I was a mechanic, mechanically inclined. So I learned how to do construction during this time period and then got a lot of people to help me when I didn't know what I was doing. Then from there, I finally got the one apartment building sold. And then uh, started to buy houses to fix and flip them and try to utilize my attorney skills to write the contracts and to try to find properties. But I was still missing something. You know, that was the one thing I, I knew that there was a there was a better way out there to try to find properties because I, I was out there knocking on doors, looking at people, you know, just it was just difficult to find properties. And so I just decided to look on YouTube university and on there, I looked through several different people that were uh, on YouTube teaching this stuff. And then I found you. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, I just kept watching what you were doing for a while and watching your podcast until finally I was like, okay, this guy's talking to me. He's saying what I, you know, what I'm looking for and uh, telling me what I need to do. I got to find a way how to join into that. So that's how I, Got to TTP was, uh, you know, working my way through and and then finally seeing that there the missing link was in what you were what you're talking about. So, well, and it's incredible because now you're on the channel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. everybody out there that's watching it, that is the uh, that's the path to progress there. You're a real inspiration from just sitting back there to taking action now being on here celebrating and sharing your success which is going to be fantastic when we break down the steel because it's a really unique deal that has a lot of lessons that are baked inside of it. But you're an attorney, you're working attorney hours, you're doing well. So then you were just like, hey, I need to put my money somewhere. I'll start investing in real estate. And that's kind of how you found it. Or was real estate always kind of in the back of your mind? Real estate was in the back of my mind. While I was working for Ford, another gentleman came up to me and said, you know, this isn't the path to retirement. He said what he did was came out and found a an apartment complex that had 30 people in Phoenix, Arizona. And he purchased that 30 plex, 30 unit building. And he says, I move people in and I move them out in a box. And I didn't know what he meant. He just said he, he would move them in people on a fixed income and he would keep them in there and he would never raise their rent. And he just said, he goes, that's my contribution as I bring them in. I never raise their rent. And then they can live there as long as they choose. 
and he said, this is how I'm retiring. And he was just about to retire when I left to go back to law school. And so he kept talking to me about it. And then I, I did get involved in the no money down, you know, get the binder, get the CDs and listen to it. So I would listen to it as I was driving down the road, you know, and so I, I had it on the back of my mind, you know, for a lot of years and especially, you know, through law school, through the 10 years of practicing and yeah. And I didn't say right before I became an attorney, I caught mono. So I was sick and I ended up becoming a realtor for a little while and just trying to practice while I was trying to prepare for the bar. It was kind of crazy, but, uh, that's yeah. Like, well, what are, I mean, just, just incredible. It. All the different, like, you know, experiences that you've had and hats that you've worn, and you've got a great perspective on understanding one, you know, obviously what is a deal when it comes to real estate and what's not a deal, but also you can come into it with the mind of somebody that has done fix and flips that have looked for fix and flips and somebody that has come and bought rentals and looked at rentals and looked at the, you know, kind of cash flow on all of those assets. So you can really, you know, probably pretty quick when you get an opportunity or a lead coming in, you can kind of put it through the filters because of your experience and really understand what is the highest and best strategy for this property, which is fantastic, which happened with this deal that we're going to talk about. Incredible. So are you still doing flips? Is flipping properties kind of like your passion? You love doing that? Or is it just part of your real estate kind of life, lifestyle? Um, I like doing them, but it, it, you know, it's, it's time consuming to be able to get a fix and flip. So that's why I was looking at the wholesaling side of things, because you know, right now in Idaho Falls, the market's pretty hot. And so, uh, you know, if you can help somebody, that's the way I look at it. I, you mentioned reading The Go-Giver. So I read The Go-Giver. And so that's the way I choose to look at it. You know, looking for people to help. They're in foreclosure and uh, they're here in my local market. You talked about local markets. I read the book, Acres of Diamonds, which mm-hmm. you mentioned also. And, uh, you know, and I realized that there's going to be something here and I, there's got to be something here in Idaho Falls, you know? And so I, so I started doing that. And uh, it's interesting that as I've been picking up these properties, I have tons, you know, I, I've been doing fix and flips. So people know me here. We all meet at Lowe's, it seems like on a daily basis. And so they, they come over and they're like, what are you working on now, John? And I tell them and they're like, I tried to get that. I tried to get that, you know? And, and I'm like, well, I already have it, you know, so, <laughs> so buy it from me, you know, so that's how it's been, uh, you know, over the past little while I wanted to do the wholesaling, you know, eventually I'll want to get back into rentals again. Uh, but for right now, I just felt like finding the properties, getting them under contract, and then moving them, you know, onto somebody else to do the fix and flips is is kind of the area that I wanted to get into. Yeah. And then, you know, eventually getting back in, I just wanted to build up my cash reserves. First. Yeah. So sure. And let me ask you, I mean, when you were flipping a property, what do you think? And it doesn't have to be perfect here, but what do you think the average is from the time you buy that property to the time that you get your money back and actually get paid on it. Do you have uh, kind yeah. of an average amount of days or months that it takes? Yeah, I, I was doing a lot of it myself. So it was about six months. Right. You know, it wasn't what I was hoping. You know, I was hoping for, you know, a 60 to 90 day turnaround. And then it ended up being a six month turnaround. You know, one of them actually went two years. Yep. That, was, that was the worst one. That gives us great perspective into the why did he decide to get into wholesaling, right? Because it's faster. I mean, it's just a lot faster. The people that, you know, either have much larger budgets or much larger companies or a lot of subcontractors or just a lot of capacity, you can move these deals over to them 
get paid and then they still have enough meat on the bone to be able to do what they need to do, which is fantastic. You're already on to the next one because a lot of people, I think, take for granted that once you have a flip going, it consumes your mind so much. I mean, oh, my gosh, we're just we're remodeling bathrooms in our cabin and it's like, Oh, we got to pick out the door handles and the knobs and the colors and the countertops and the cabinet, like all these things. It's like, just do whatever. Just, you know, I don't have enough brain power right now to like worry about this. And it takes up a lot. And instead of worrying about all these little things about flips, you can just focus on being proactive and, and sourcing the deal. You can go and find the discounted property. And I've always found that being far more profitable and, and and more in tune with my personality. It's different for everybody, but you know I totally get you. So let's break down this deal, John. Let's talk yeah. about this. Let's talk about this one that you just like. Well, first of all, how are you getting your deals? How are you generating leads? For everybody so, that's just listening for the first time or you just came across this, there's three ways to get leads in wholesaling real estate or three ways to source these deals. One is that you market for them. You spend money to have people call you. All right. This is going direct to seller. Two, you wait for referrals from your network, from your sphere of influence, from people that know you. Or three, you go out, you be proactive and you earn it by either door knocking or picking up the phone and calling. So which way did you uh, find this deal? So I, I found the deal by first, uh, after I signed up with you, I just signed up for PropStream. I was going through your course and it told me how to find vacant properties and pre-foreclosures Yep. in PropStream. And then I took that and I went right to batch skip tracing. Yep. And, uh, and then I got the phone numbers, but I didn't get as far as Mojo yet. Right after I got that and I got the phone numbers, I just started calling. I took your script. Just uh, hand dialing. Yeah. I just started hand dialing. It was horrible. When I was talking to him, I had just barely looked at your script and I just Mm -hmm. decided to go for it. And so I just started hand dialing. This deal was my fourth call. So get out of here. It was first first day, fourth call. I actually got a hold of the person. Well, I got a hold of his mother and then the father had the power of attorney. And so she said, hold on. You know, and all I did was use your script. I was stumbling through it. This is John, is, you know, so-and-so there. And then I asked him if he's interested in an offer. And he's like, maybe. So I'm looking on your, your script for yeah. maybe. And I, big, long pauses in between. And then, uh, and then I start talking to him about the maybe, just reading through the maybe. And then all of a sudden he turns and says, yeah, I'm interested. So I stop and I switch over to the yes what you you know and followed what you said on yes and then he asked me if we could meet the next day yeah so it, it uh, the, the, so the crazy thing is john it's almost impossible to screw up a truly motivated property owner yeah truly yeah. like you just entering their life and just asking them if you could help and all of a sudden boom they're just they just open up the floodgates some of them not all of them like i don't want to give people the wrong impression but sometimes they're just ready you caught them at the right time yeah they had had uh many, many flyers come. And they said they had many people that, uh, it was mostly just flyers. They said yep. I was the first person that actually called them and got, got through to them. And it was off batch skip trace. Mm-hmm. And, so, uh, and there was about nine numbers. Uh, it looked like on batch skip trace. I just dialed each one. And then it was about the fourth, but the fourth number that I got the guy's mother. 
And then, yeah, the father talked to me. We met in the Walmart, in the subway in Walmart. And uh, he sat down and he kind of interviewed me and uh, seeing if I was real or not. And then uh, I had my contract sitting there. I was shaking, seeing if he's going to do it. And he said, do you have a pen? And uh, he started signing. That's one of the best questions that a property owner can ask you. Do you have a pen? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was was what he said. And so so we started signing. I took pictures of his power of attorney. And then just uh, we went through and signed the contracts. And he said uh, he didn't want to wait. So he asked me which title company we wanted to use. And he said, I'll follow you over there. And so we took the contract over to the title company. They got copies of everything. And we started opening up title at that point and went through that process. And I, I started cleaning it up the property and tried to get it to sell to cash buyers, but I hadn't developed my cash buyer list yet. Mm-hmm. And all the guys that I was getting, they were offering me less than what I paid for it. And I was just, I got it for just paying it off. So during that time, uh, you know, it was, I, I got it for 140. And then uh, hold on, don't, don't reveal yet. So okay. <laughs> real quick, real quick. I want to leave the hanging just a little bit. So did you see the property before you met at Walmart to sign it? I did. Okay. I, I, I drove past it, but, but it not the all, inside, not the inside. No, no, I did not see the inside. I, I just drove past it and, uh, I peeked in all the windows and looked through it. And then somebody had kicked in the door on the basement to the crawl space. So I went down and walked through the basement you know, and then, then at that point, I, you know, I saw the carpets were in decent shape. You know, I went down, looked at the furnace and pulled the filter and looked at it, made sure that it wasn't all super bad. I looked at the the plumbing being a flipper, you know, I, I could see where they had, they had winterized it. And then I saw that there was one crack in the pipe. So I knew that there was a, and that was just where it came up from the main pipe. So it was something that I knew that could be fixed really quick. Sure. Just a piece of PEX. So I got a chance to look underneath it and see all the bones from underneath the house, but not actually inside. And got so, it. Yeah. With that, so you said that they owed just real quick. To, did they owe one forty? Because you said one forty. Did they owed about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yep. this is how long was the property vacant? The property was vacant for two years. So they've got a hundred and forty thousand dollar mortgage payment on that, and nobody's lived there for two years. That's correct. So this is just draining them. What happened was, uh, I don't know if the mortgage company didn't foreclose on it really quick, you know, and then COVID hit and uh, they, they actually did try to list it through another realtor, they said, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they just couldn't get it sold then, you know, and I don't know what the reason was. And then I found out later that it was never list that realtor put it on, like took the listing agreement, but never put it on the MLS. Oh my gosh. So it never really got out there. And so, and it sat like that for a year. And then uh, COVID hit and we're it's coming on the second year. Yeah, that, that was kind of how it all kind of was. Well, I always say, people ask, how do you get these discounted properties? Nobody wants to sell for a discount. Nobody wants to sell for a discount. What's going on? How about the people that have vacant properties for two years? Yeah, let's say that they've been in forbearance during COVID and nobody's foreclosing on them and they're not making their payments. Well, guess what? They still have to pay that at some point. It's still going to be part of the payoff if they sell that property or they're going to have to catch it up or they're going to have to restructure the loan or whatever. So this is distress. They've got a vacant property for two years that nobody's paying them rent and it's costing them money every single month. So you found them. They're ready to go. You drive by the property. The guy meets you at Subway at Walmart and you lock up the deal and and now you're getting it out to your buyers. So 
How did you get access to it to show your buyers this property? Did he just give you a key for it? Yeah, well, no, they uh, they said they didn't have keys, so uh, they told me to go ahead and break the lock. So, so I broke it, and then they let me in, and they let me do some work on it. I actually had it. I did two ways. I did a purchase and sale, and I did a lease option to buy. So I leased it so I could turn on the heat and everything, heat and ga- you know, gas and everything, so it, I could warm it up to make sure that I didn't have any leaking pipes or anything. Sure. So, so then I was able to get really in Really smart, John. That's incredible. Nobody ever talks about that. Do a little lease with an option to purchase so that you can get into these vacant properties and get the utilities on to show your cash buyers what is the functionality of this property? What is going to be the rehab and repair costs of this? That is beautiful. I've never heard of that, John. That is, wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, the nice part is, uh, you know, a lot of people can't, you know, just people would walk by. They could see that I had my dump trailer out there that I started throwing things away. So people would just stop by and ask as well. So, yeah. So then you get it out to your cash buyers. How many people did you get it out to? Uh, I got it out. I got it out to about eight people, you know, trying to get it sold about eight cash buyers, but they all came in with, you know, I'm trying to get it for 140 and they're offering me 120. Yeah. So that was how it started. Then there came a time, you know, the foreclosure date was actually on March 11th. And uh, so I called and tried to cure the mortgage. That was my next avenue was trying to get a hold of the the mortgage company and trying to cure it. But the attorney there came back and said, in order to cure it, we're going to do $5,000 worth of paperwork. That's what they were going to charge me to wow. cure it. And I, uh, instead I just, you know, I've been flipping for a little while, so I had some money. So I, I went in and I just purchased it, you know, and saved myself $5,000. So I bought it. And then, uh, and while the, the awesome part about buying it was that when I went into closing, one of my old friends that was a, a closer there, she just came up to me and said, uh, what are you going to do with your extra lot, John? You know, and I was like, what, what are you talking about an extra lot? This house ended up having an extra, it, it was built on three building lots and the house was built centered on two of the lots and there was an extra lot on the, you know, on the west side of it. And it was wide enough to build, you know, for somebody to build a skinny home. So I felt very blessed that, uh, you know, my property value instantly went up, mm-hmm. put it out to the cash buyers again. And this time, instead of offering me 120, they're fighting over 215. <laughs> yes. So, All because of the lot. And I did some cleanup on it and I did paint it, you know, and that, that was about, that was the extent of what I did. And I did pay somebody to come through and clean the vents. Sure. So, so then... You got it for 140. You put it out at 215. Uh, yeah, 215. And then what did you end up closing it for? And then what did you end up netting on this deal? So I, I did end up closing it for. Uh, I ended up. It was 215. I had other guys that came in and tried to. They told me they were going to give me the 215 offer, and the offers came in at 200. But I watched your video, and your video said, "Do not let them beat you up." your ground and because i already was already giving them a good deal when i looked at everything i cut the you know the lot price in half and i dropped the house price by ten thousand to try to get it moved quickly and they kept coming in and saying they wanted to pay less and i just held that 215 and and finally i uh i said i just said take it or leave it you know and so they took it and then we closed the deal and uh all in all what i had into it i ended up netting uh 42,500 and some change 
So yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 that yeah. is awesome. Forty-two thousand and some change from yeah. your fourth cold fourth, call. Fourth hand call. dialing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. What an incredible story. I mean, that's listen. You're one call away, right? I mean, I, I've been saying that for four years now. You're one conversation, one quality conversation, one call away from a potential life-changing amount. And listen, you've made a lot in your in your life and everything, but I'm just to encourage everybody that maybe you make that in a salary or maybe that seems like a ton of money because you're younger or whatever else. I'm telling you, this is how it happens. This is how it happens. You got to be proactive and you got to have those conversations. If you do that, then all of a sudden you get you get these opportunities. And I think the important thing to, to mention here is that John said is, listen, he knew he had a deal. Okay. He knew he had a deal. They're going to try to bargain with him when he knows that he has a deal. Listen, he held strong and he knew that he had a deal. It's like, you don't, not that I buy drugs or whatever, but I would assume that you're not haggling with a drug dealer to, to lower their price on drugs. You know what I mean? Like they're going to sell those drugs anyway. They're drugs, right? If you've got a great deal, you've got a great deal. There's no haggling. Like this is the price, take it or leave it. And that's what you did. And that ended up netting you an extra $15,000 that turned, you know, a potentially $27,000 and some change deal into $42,000. And that's a big difference. And uh, I congratulate you. I mean, that's that's incredible. So everybody out there, hold your ground when you know you have a deal. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing I'd, I'd probably tell you that you might want to know is uh, I've only spent a few hours in calling, but I just committed this week to start doing it. During this week, Right after I'm done with this call, I'm going to sign my next deal. Here's the thing about that one. I'm picking it up for $100,200. A realtor came to me with a $170,000 offer already. We're signing both <laughs> agreements today. Wait, wait, wait. So you've called for four hours total? Uh, yeah, four hours total. And you're looking at a potential like $110,000. you are making $25,000 an hour. That's, I that's, mean, that's way more incredible. than an attorney. Yeah, that's what's incredible. I've, you know, it's more money than I've ever made, you know, even doing anything. And I came in, talked to my wife on Monday, and she said, You just made double what you do on all your flips in half the time. Yep. Doing wholesaling. Yeah. And so, and then, yeah. And as, as I said today, you know, on Monday, I made a call. I went out and looked at the property. And then today, we're meeting to lock up the deal. This is another foreclosure guy. He owes 86,000, he owes 22 in medical bills. He asked me if I would just pay this and pay off his medical bills. He needed help. He just went through a nasty divorce. He's paying child support and he's paying mm -hmm. uh, spousal support. And uh, and he's just, I just need this garnishment of this medical lien off, off of me. And so he's selling it to me for that. And the realtor came over with a buyer and wants, and uh, just made the offer. I'll buy yep. it from you for 170. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I'm going. I'm going in, and tomorrow I get the keys tonight, and I'm starting to clean it out tomorrow. Pumps so. me up, man. That's yeah. it's exciting. Yeah. It's just exciting. Yeah. I mean, this is real life. I love it. So, John, how do? Thank you. Thank you for yeah. that breakdown. Yeah. Thank you for giving us. You know what's going to happen after this podcast. I'm excited about that. So, text me once that's done after we get yeah. off. How do people get a hold of you? How do they say congratulations? How do they reach out to you? Maybe they're in Idaho and they want to meet up and network with you. What's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Do we, if we give phone numbers out, I can give you my phone number. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> you want to do it? You can Facebook me. Uh, I do have my Facebook account. It's Osai Law. You know, Osai Law, and that is O S A I. If you're just if you're just listening to this, O S A I. Yep. L A W. Love it. Love yep. it, John. Thank you so much. What an incredible start. I mean, you have just got out of the gates super fast. Close the forty-two. Have the seventy in pocket. Some resources that he mentioned, uh, PropStream, you can get that at ttpdata.com, ttpdata.com. Check that out. You can trial that, and it's a phenomenal tool. Everybody that is serious about real estate investing truly has a PropStream. Uh, the second one, uh, you pulled vacant and pre-foreclosure list. That's so strong. And make sure that, like John was saying, batchskiptracing.com. Listen, guys, there's a lot of skip tracing companies. They're all white labeling the same info. Batch is not. They get it from the best resources. It's not even close. Definitely use that so you don't uh, go through so much brain damage of calling a lot of people and not getting uh, connected with anybody. So, John, thank you so much. You're absolutely incredible. Everybody out there listening and watching, if you are interested in joining the most proactive group in real estate investing, it is the TTP family. It is the TTP program. Go to wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. That's wholesalinginc.com forward slash TTP. Scroll down, check out the testimonials, check out what the program's about. If it feels good in your gut, sign up for a call. And that's it. That's our show, John. You absolutely crushed it. Thank you so much. Text me. uh, Text me and let me know how that deal goes, that you got that locked up and sold. And we can celebrate that. And for everybody out there, as always, I encourage you to talk to people. Till next time. Love you guys. See ya. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.